Hi and welcome to another episode of DJ and BJJ with me Irish Mike and my co-host Ken. Alright Ken, what's going on? So yeah, here we are, episode 9. Can't believe we've uh, we've made it this far. Feels like uh, an old habit now. It does, yeah. yeah. Getting yeah. right into the stride of it. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I need to start out today um, on kind of a serious tone, mate. We've had our, our journalistic integrity called into question, so we need to need to set the record straight. Uh, right. Set, who, who set the record there? straight. That's a good start. Who was making the accusations or... So Steve, uh, aka Fireman Steve, came up to in one of the warm-ups, uh, it must have been a week or two ago, last time I saw him, and he was like, appreciate the shout-out on the podcast, you, uh, you completely butchered everything, uh, all the achievements that I'd done, so that <laughs> okay. when we were saying about the, the different things he'd done, so uh, he appreciated the, uh, the shout-out, but I wanted to... Uh, Wanted to set the set the record straight and make some amendments or additions to things that we've previously claimed that have come through in, in the comments. So let's start with Steve. So, right, the actual facts were in January he ran five miles a day for the entire month. In February he swam a mile a day for the entire month. In March he did 10k a day on, on the rower every day. Um, and in between that he was competing. He competed with us at Europeans at yeah. the end of March. He got up at 3am to drive to Wales to run a marathon to uh, be back home He's in mental, time for lunch. He's problems. Yeah, it's, and this weekend he'll be running a, a, a full marathon in the mountains at, uh, I think, four and a half thousand feet with a 35-pound Bergen on his back. So uh, Don't come back and com- com- um, criticise about the amount of feet, Steve. Yeah, you're so impressive there, enough. There you go, Steve. And just to let the listeners know what to look out for, for June, he'll be riding his unicycle across the British Channel. <laughs> And following that, he's going to circumnavigate the globe on a pogo stick. So, there you go, Steve. Don't, don't say I do you a misservice. And, uh, yeah, big, big up. Good luck this weekend on the run. I know you don't need it. You train hard as any of us. Uh, well, probably harder Hardly, than most yeah. of us. So, uh, yeah, smash that one. He's also off to drink for a long, long time as well, so he's got my respect over that. On the, on the flip side of, uh, of the inaccuracy in our reporting, I did have... Uh, one of the old coaches, Mike, uh, drop into the into the DMs a couple of weeks ago and say... Uh, Over chip boy. He'd been listening and, uh, yeah, he even remembered the fella's name. I mean, that, that must be a talent. The amount of... Like, you know the amount of turnover you get at gyms. Yeah, yeah. Especially Mike, even, even in the small one, we have, like, this massive amount of people coming yeah. over, yeah. And he's been, been training there for, well, like, I've been training, what, four, four or five years now, and he's a black... He was a brown belt, then he's a black belt now. So the amount of people he must have seen come through the gym, and he put in brackets, I've never... I've never forgotten a name, so uh, fair play. But so at least, yeah, if Steve wasn't happy with our reporting, at least the humour in that story uh, came across. His name was Darren, just to put it out there. His name was Darren. <laughs> his name was Darren, and uh, I'm not sure what was higher, him or his family's cholesterol, <laughs> was a quote from the message. So, uh, very good. Yeah, very, very good. Um, the other thing that's been requested, Mike, is a, is a jargon buster for, for non-jiu-jitsu people. So when... When Leo first messaged me asking for this, I actually thought he wanted a translator for you because you know there's a running joke. I was nearly going to ask, because you said jargon buster, I was nearly going to say the same thing. So what words do I have to explain? And they're probably all of it, mate. We don't understand the words you're saying. Potato, 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 potato. It's a running joke at the gym uh, that, that people understand, only understand 50% of what Mike's saying. I don't know if it's true or not, because like, sometimes I talk to people and they are looking like straight through me. <laughs> yeah, and then someone else will say the same thing and they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, fuck's sake. Did I not just say that? But, uh, uh, but, yeah. but I, no, he actually, I, I listened to a, to a voice clip that he'd left me a few weeks ago. I, I just hadn't got around to listening to it. And uh, he was saying it's like, he's picking up little bits of the, of the jargon, obviously, that you can infer. He was like, Matt's, that's an obvious one. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he doesn't know what Matt is, then 
Sorry. Bye bye. Podcast probably doesn't make much sense. Yeah, the podcast <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever. But I mean, I guess you that would be a fundamental misunderstanding or lack of understanding the British language. So. Yeah, he, he understands mats and he was like, Gee, I think that's some sort of kit. So yeah, Leo, Gee's the, the uniform, the like, kimono that you wear when you're grappling and Nogi is the equivalent of... Uh, People like to call it pyjamas to take the piss. Yeah. So if we say rolling around our pyjamas, we're not actually rolling around our pyjamas, it's just the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so, well, they say we're a bunch of weird cunts, so maybe yeah, we just need to explain that. A coat, a coat um, <laughs> pyjama coat. And... Um, Priyanche, why don't you explain that? Do you know we have? Well, I don't know how you say it properly. Yeah, but no, you did. You did. Crianche is um, that's a, a Brazilian phrase. I think it comes from one of the one of the Gracies. It it, it was coined years ago um, from a Brazilian soap opera. It was like an, a character that was really unfaithful and like cheated on on their partners. I don't really know much more than this. It's just come through jiu-jitsu subculture. So when we uh, call Tom Lucas, Tom, when you call him Tommy Crianche, it's because yeah. he trains at multiple gyms. So yeah, it became apparently mm. a, a slur for someone that was unfaithful to, or unloyal to their gym. It's mostly nonsense in my opinion, but we'll get into that if we ever manage to sit down with Tom, Tom. and talk about cross-training. We're, we're booking him in, we're booking him in. Yeah, one day, one day Mark, I'll, I'll leave that with you, marketing Mark. Yeah. But the, the thing that Leo said on the voice clip, he was like, yeah, in episode six you were talking about greasing. I was like, what the hell is that? So Mark, have you got a... I have a, I have a fair idea about it. So basically, no, it's usually done in nogi, which is when we're wearing the shorts and the rash guard. And uh, obviously, when you get when you sweat, you're a lot harder to hold. Whereas in when you're training in the gi, obviously you're you've got grips. You can hold some by the collar, the lapel. Same thing um, by their pants. Not pants in the English term of pants, but pants is in when an Irish person so trousers will say, and uh, they can't get away from you. But in obviously. In Nogi, I mean, most people know this, but obviously if he's asking the question. Yeah, no. So, what a lot of people do is... He likes if, your voice as well, mate, so that's oh, why I asked you to... Oh, that's nice, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to... Oh, yeah, this is ASMR. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. But, uh, yeah, so what... Um, <laughs> if, if you watched um, Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal, actually, you can... He actually accused... Uh, um, he accused Jorge of greasing. So, basically, it's what it is... You... Um, You'll oil yourself up with like a lotion or some sort of, what would you call it? Moisturiser. Moisturiser. You leave it soak into your system. Then you do it again and again and again. And basically the idea is when, you, when, you, when it dries into your body fully and you walk on the mat or into competition, you're dry. But then obviously as you sweat, the heat of the lights or whatever and you start competing, it comes out of your pores and that uh, oil or moisturiser is on you. So it's whatever way it's hard to grip you when you're sweating. It's 50 times harder because it's greasy. Like, yeah. yeah, so Leo, greasing is almost exactly what it sounds like. It's uh, covering yourself in grease <laughs> to make yourself harder to grip. So, uh, so yeah, I tell you what, mate, there, there's going to be a load of these. And, um, yeah, as, as Dan st- said in one of the chats, it's like, get this boy an oil check. We'll, uh, oh, yeah. we'll, le- we'll, le- we'll let you Google that one, mate. Um, but, yeah, that is... I've no problem saying all these things. All right. <laughs> so an oil, an oil check is Michael. It's basically when you get your thumb or maybe one of your fingers and you might go knuckle deep in uh, your posterior, you know what I mean? But it's, not a your of, it's a hell of a sport, Leo. It's a hell of a sport. You should definitely come and, come and try it out. And uh, if you're lucky, someone might stick a digit in your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's, quite, it's yeah, it's, it's, for a re- it's from wrestling. It's from wrestling, it's yeah, from yeah. wrestling originally yeah. where they'd use it as a control position. But uh, the level of actual 
finger in anus is uh, is questionable. It's kind of like a running joke in the jiu-jitsu circles that uh, give someone an oil check. But yeah, never bro, happened to me, thank God. Never. Oh, no, mate, you haven't lived. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if ever you've got any of these uh, queries, mate, about things, like I, I really love the fact that there's a few non-jiu-jitsu people that are listening to yeah, the that's cool, yeah. to the pod. But yeah, if you've ever got any uh, questions, like you're all pretty good at engaging in the chats and in the in the comments, just drop them in there, and we'll we'll try and explain them to you as humorously as possible in the next episode. So yeah, in addition to the kind of uh, amendments, Mike, that we had to make, you know, set the record straight for Stevie mm-hmm. and uh, clear some things up for Leo. And uh, give the nod of the head for the accuracy in our in our storytelling around uh, around Darren. We've also um, had a few other things come through in the chats, and I think we wanted to go through some of those today. So, who, was it, who was it that asked the question on relationships? Was it Matty Blount, another one of the oh, yeah, SBG, one. SBG lads who's Shocking, been listening? Yeah. One of the lads who wanted longer episodes, and we are trying Matty with the longer episodes. To be honest, mate, L- last week was a bit of a it's just work life balance thing collided, and yeah, like I say, last week was a bit of a lacklustre episode as well. I think in terms of our our energy levels, mm-hmm. we wanted to bounce back a bit today, and uh, but to be honest with you, they're going to be. They're going to be as long as they are. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're if you're looking the same, this goes for Steve as well. To be honest, if you're looking for a, you know, broadcast quality, journalistic integrity, uh, you maybe need to look for another podcast because yeah. you don't you, fact check us, please. You got you got me and Mike here uh, tipping up to my loft on a Thursday afternoon trying to trying to make something that's mildly entertaining for the two of us. And if you guys like it, then even better. But we can't we can't, we can't comment on the quality of. Uh, no, we just hope you do enjoy it. The feedback is good. So as long as you keep enjoying it, we'll keep doing it. And also, if you have negative feedback or you know you want to take the piss, I, we, we're good. We're good. We're good sports, like. Yeah, just make sure the banter is good. Yeah, make sure the banter is good. We, is. we we like it either way, but uh, yeah, engagement's engagement. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'd take Brendan Chubb's hate to be his famous and have his money. So hate away, but like pay me for it, please. <laughs> okay. But sorry, yeah. So, so yeah, going back to Matt, Matt, he was saying as well as he wanted longer episodes, which which yeah, we'll try and make. Um, he was saying about training uh, with with relationships. I can't remember the exact wording. Actually, I don't know if I want to word it exactly because it, I don't want to throw. I think it's basically like how 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 do people juggle their life relationship life with yeah, training? Yeah. When you're training a lot, mm. um, I mean, because me and you do train a bit, and I think maybe that's what does, he's curious about. Does your missus give you a hard time? Yeah, we're both lucky. Well, so so my advice, Matt, is what you need to do is you need to be an annoying prick when you're at home. And then that way, the missus is happy of every moment that you're out of the house and you get to train more. And if you're really lucky, she might even leave you. And then you'll have heaps of time to train. You can even come down and see us because you'll have nothing better to do. Exactly, mate. You're always welcome in the house. You can come down just to blame us. You ended my relationship. Yeah. Um, You got any more serious advice than that, Michael? How do you balance it? Because you try, you especially uh, when you were first starting out, you were there every bloody day of the week. Yeah, I'm just lucky, mate. My missus doesn't mind me going and I suppose... Getting fitter, I don't know if I look any bit better or whatever, but at the start she used to tell me, you're falling away and this kind of crack, like, you know, and I mean, my gut has never changed the same size, but that's probably the cider, you know, but uh, I think just, I mean, a good thing for her is it, as well, maybe, is that um, we all go out together as well, so like, uh, even though we all train together, we do have a few pints together, so. It's just a social club, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like, at least she gets to know the people you're going out with, so it's not just a separate part of your life, I mean, because if it's completely separate and it's just she's no look into it or can't see anything from it like she's just behind the door looking through the keyhole yeah. barely knowing what you're doing it's yeah you're it's, just always always going out yeah getting yeah. off at the house but like she's meeting the people as well and then she can see how good they are as well and 
you know, maybe maybe I could be wrong, but I think that's a, there's a bit of it there. You well, know, we're but, both pretty lucky, and I um, yeah, I, I ended up moving a two minute walk from the gym so I can squeeze in more training sessions without having to be out the house as long. So you can it, say that now you have a mortgage. <laughs> if, if that isn't an option for you, now more seriously, like we, me and Mike are quite lucky. You know, I know that there are other fellas whose missus would give them a hard time for training, and I was both kind of maybe it says more about me and him, but they welcome us being out the gaff. Yeah. Um, but no, I think like you know, if if you don't have that social community that overlaps with jujitsu, I think it's a it, trying to give a more, more serious answer. It's about really making clear they're a priority when you guys are together. Mm-hmm. And you know, if I think I heard, I think I'm stealing this off of another podcast, so I can't remember which, but um, I heard it a while ago. It's like, look, if you're every time you're at home, I think someone was talking about how do they balance having kids and uh, and and training like you know as a, as a new father and it's a bit like look if at the time that you're at home you're making it really clear they're a priority or you're going out of your way to do extra things and make them know that you're being and make them know that you're being like you're thinking about them and you know you're as I say prioritizing them um, they'll generally won't mind if uh, you're at the house a couple of hours three four five hours a week doing some jiu-jitsu doing something that's good for you rather than you know well, you could be in the pub like, going, you know, going, down the pub, yeah. going down the pub getting on the sesh which you know I do do have a do penchant, as well, yeah, do have but... a penchant for, for as well but but you know I think like you know if you it's about making making the balance you know and making sure that you set aside special time both both times for yourself and for anyway and for your partner but um if you just juggle it it's like everything else isn't it it's like juggling it with work like obviously work takes up a lot of portion of your day you yeah. just have to set time aside for both and make sure that you're not losing in either area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and like, without trying to sound too much like a relationship coach, you know, on the nights that you are at home and you're not training, you're not just coming home flicking on the telly, you know, maybe like, cook dinner and do the nice stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, order, turn off now, Linda. Order, order, order an Uber Eats, yeah. I, I, that's, I say, more, that's more me. Yeah, I say that as someone who, um, who doesn't cook dinner that frequently. So yeah, um, I'm a hypocrite, Matt. Me and Mike are very lucky. Uh, but yeah, just just try and, try and juggle the time and, and prioritise what's important. Don't try and steal my woman, Matt. Just because you want to train jiu jitsu, come, come back down to come down to Reading after we've ruined his relationship. But yeah, keep keep listening, mate. And um, yeah, you did also comment on the wanting uh, an episode with a, with a female rolling partner to kind of give a, a woman's perspective on jiu jitsu, which is in the pipeline. There's a there's a couple of people we train with at the gym that okay. I think would be. Would be we'll start talking that. We'll have to see how they feel about it as well. Yeah, it'll be down, it'll be down the line. It'll be down the line. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got a couple of guests to come on first, but it, like you know, we're looking. We'll, like, we'll say, book something and we'll every, have to have a chat with someone. Every, and see. every four or five episodes. So yeah, watch this space, mate, and uh, yeah, keep commenting, keep uh, keep liking, and doing all the good stuff because uh, we really appreciate it. So uh, the next question was uh, was from Dan in the in the WhatsApp chat, wasn't it? What which what what the was one that about, uh, Sorry, no, I didn't do my research on the notes. That no, you worries, made up. no worries, mate. One of us writes the notes for for his own benefit, it seems. <laughs> uh, now the difference. Uh, so he was saying about. Um, I'll actually look up the quote because it was about performance peds. Um, oh, sorry, right. In the sport, so he was like, um, not sure of uh, questions for the podcast or just in general. Like to know the stance on peds in jiu-jitsu at professional and amateur level. Uh, and then he also asked a bit about leg locks, so we'll, we'll answer the ped bits, uh, ped bit first, because uh, we think, both have, we both have different views. I on think it. me and Mike have incredibly different views on this. I, I'm uh, firstly distinction. Ne- I, you, you asked you asked about the difference between uh, between professional and amateur at jiu jitsu. Is there really that big? A, like we were talking in the changing rooms yesterday. Last night on, yeah, yeah. About a f- fifth, uh, sorry, not fifteen, but he's like nineteen year old purple belt pro that smokes black belts, and. Um, you know, he's a pro, he's a purple belt. It's like, 
pro, does, does pro literally just mean you're not working a job other than training jiu-jitsu? Because, I mean, a lot of these pro, pros... Um, Might just be getting paid by a sponsor, maybe. Yeah, and they're probably, you know, some of them, a lot of the younger pros are still living at home. Like, you know, it's not... Yeah. Jiu-jitsu's a very fast-growing sport now in terms of the UK, but you're definitely... There's not that many people, I think, that are non-gym owners that are making a living to live off of it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that's a fair... So, so yeah, like the, for me, the distinction between am and pro and jiu-jitsu is really, really blurred. So I'm just going to sum it up with a quote that Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz came with, <laughs> out with years ago. Everybody's on steroids. I don't know whether, think whether it's amateur or pro is a, is a distinction. I'd say that there is a significant number of people, especially when you're on the competitive circuit, that are, are juicing. And, um, the, only a, the only testing I'd be... JJF and, and they only test the, the top, winner. They only test the top of the podium. Yeah, they might test first and second place. And yeah. uh, Craig Jones reckons um, when Galvao Galva tested that, uh, he, that's why he's delighted he came second because if they tested him, he would have blown the machine up. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. So there's not much testing in it. It's an un, relatively unregulated sport. ADCC make a big thing out of uh, uh, not testing. Um, I personally can't can't stand juicing, especially like if somebody's going to juice and then enter like masters. Like, the reason that the masters, you, masters used to be called seniors, right? So for anyone, for most of them are jiu-jitsu listeners, but for Leo, really, if he's listening, masters is masters one is thirty to thirty-four, masters two is thirty-five to thirty-nine, masters three, you can get the picture. They go up in increments of five. They used to be called senior brackets, but nobody likes being referred yeah, to myself. as a senior. Senior like, So they renamed them masters, and it's like you know, oh yeah, I do fancy myself as a bit of a master, so I'll go into that. But like the reason that they exist is because obviously the older you get, you can't keep up with the kids. Uh, testosterone begins to drop off in your late forties. So, yeah, I, I think there's a. I, I definitely raise an eyebrow at the guys that are um, taking juice and then competing in the masters brackets. But it's one of those I think necessary evils in in the sport. That like at the at the not amateur, sorry, the adult level. There are going to be a lot of people on the juice, and you just make the, the decision for yourself. Um, I don't know if he was actually asking out of a point of interest whether he's considering to start juicing or not, but that's how I took it. I think you made I, the decision for yourself and uh, and see how you get on. How do you stand with it, Mark? You're, 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 I'm all for it. You're pro-testosterone, aren't you? I'm all for it, mate. I mean, I'm not on it currently, but like, it's not to say that I won't be. And if you're to ask me in the near future, I will tell you I'm not because it just couldn't be de dealing with people's bullshit and it's none of their business. But it's basically a supplement in my eyes. You supplement your protein, you supplement everything else, you're increasing these levels, why not increase your testosterone? Why not feel fantastic? Why not recover better? Why not sleep better? Get harder erections and whatever else you want to do with that. It's <laughs> just throw a little bit of a joke in. I will, is this I an will, ad for, for I test, will, I, I, If you've ever taken it, you'll know, right? And people will understand this. Um, I did it in the gym culture and I, my deadlift form was, like, did you ever see that um, photo, that meme of the dog taking a shite? That's me deadlifting. If I pulled 265 off the ground, like, at 96 kilos, and I was out drinking every weekend, my friend Mandy was with me, my friend Charlie was with me, there were hella times, like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but the thing is, um, I wouldn't agree with young people getting on it. I was 28, I think, when I started. Um... And like I've done, you're supposed to, like, I'm not a doctor by anything. You should see a doctor. If you are going to go into it, you should talk to someone that does it. That's but not like oh, how I did. I just found a forum full of um, people that were like myself and just wanted to get on gear and lift weights. You should really go about it in a proper way because if you monitor your bloods and stuff, it can actually 
benefit you in the right way. But uh, like who wants to be going off doing all that when you can just, anyway, sticking a needle in yourself is the worst thing ever. Stay away from tablets and all that. I have a big bald spot in my head. That's from probably taking Superdrol and whatever other fucking tablets I took back then. Like if, if there was a steroid, I tried to take it. You know what I mean? This really is turning into a therapy session. Yeah, right? but it's, so, like, so I, I, I actually you, enjoyed it. Like. Are you sure you're pro, pro juice? So you no, see? I am. Like I'm telling you, I will like, I don't really give a fuck. Once my mother found out I was on steroids, it's good. There's actually a story about that. And ma'am, if you're listening, just please turn off because you're probably going to say this is all lies. But um, one of the side effects of uh, testosterone, well, I think, I'm not sure it was a trend or DECA. I can't remember what I was taking at the time because it's not the testosterone that does you. It's when you add the other compounds with it. So usually DECA will fill you full of water. It's good for the joints. You see all these lads that blow up and down in the gym like they'll gain five kilos weight and six weeks later they're down they're probably on deca train is a cutting steroid makes your muscles big rips the fat a bit more that's what most people go but it drives you fucking loopy so say that I, I only know I, I my only knowledge of juice is from the memes really and yeah. I was like, all i know is that trend sends people loopy yeah like trend will mess with your head like in i have another funny story about that but the first one um i i never told anybody i took steroids at all and people kind of believed when you say you're taking protein you take this and that because they didn't see it in my because steroid has such a a bad um you know a bad name like if you're on steroids like it's like taking drugs in the 90s he's a druggie you know that kind of way or if you smoked a giant he's a druggie lock him up it's that's where steroids is now and i guarantee in 20 years time I mean, nobody gives a fuck about Aaron Schwarzenegger or any of them lads. They all think they're fucking brilliant. Hulk Hogan, all them go along. Anyway, getting away from point. Yeah. Uh, my mother, my mother found out I was taking steroids. So then I told everyone because I don't like to tell. I don't like to tell people lies either. I like to be face value. Yeah. I'm not. If I'm happy with myself, I don't really feel like I need to justify myself to anyone else. But um, yeah. So um, sleep apnea is one of the side effects, which I didn't know. But I was, I found out very quickly one night when I think I was out and I had a few scoops, a few pints as we'd say, and uh, I was in bed at X o'clock in the morning and uh, my mother just wakes me up. Breed, why aren't you breathing? Or something to that, shaking, shaking the shit out of me. Awake. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? So I was, and she goes, you were, you were snoring and you didn't breathe for two minutes. And I was like, what the fuck, you're standing over me for two minutes. Yeah, she got a stopwatch out. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? She, I, it's like, because when I'm on the beer and asleep on my back, I'm obviously inclined to snore. Yeah. And when she's in the next room, here is nothing like. Then comes in, stands over me. He's not breathing. Shakes life out of me. But um, yeah, funny story, but like, does happen. And, um, you know, it's, <laughs> as I say, you have to be really careful with these things. Like, I'm not, like, I'm all for it, but you should do it under, I, don't do it like I did it. Uh, train is another one then as well. Train will drive you crazy. Lost a, dro- a job over train. Um, picked the fella's laptop. It, it involved, because I'm such a quiet kind of person, I bottle all my feelings down and then it comes out when it comes out. No, quite, quite as anyone, Mark. But, I think everyone everyone that meets you, the first thing they think is that Mike, damn, he's a, he's a quiet fella, and he? Yeah, he really, but, really keeps himself to himself, that Mike, who yeah. never, never <laughs> hardly says a word. It's going to sound like pure bullshit now for people that do actually know me, but I mean in, um, in an aggressive tendency kind of way, like of how I... Like I'm never really You're not mad. Confrontational. Or, not confrontational yeah, at all. Like. No, no, that's fair. So I, I pushed these pushed these feelings down and they bubbled up and I had a word to pull the guy aside and I had a word to him and I said, Look, I'm not trying to be because I was this Jack Monster walking around the place. Not really, like but I felt like one. And I said, like, please look, don't take it the wrong way, but I can't the way you're speaking to me in emails and stuff like that, I can't hack it and someday I'm just gonna snap. And he hit me a good pat in the back and he said, Ah fuck off will you and we'll be grand and we'll keep going. So we kept going anyway and one day enough was enough. 
and uh, there was a lot of money involved in the job and I lost the plot. Picked the laptop up, smashed it off a wall, told him if I ever seen him on the street I'd kill him, etc, etc. Big long five minute rant. Uh, sold it with um, if I ever see you uh, punching the fucking thing and leaving. So don't do train. You know, and my, <laughs> I like the fact that I came from a moral point of view, like you shouldn't do steroids because it's, it's not a level playing field. But really, I should have just let you speak. Yeah. That would have been the best, you know, after listening to that, anyone that's considering taking juice is probably like, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, doing, the, I'm doing the country a service here for I'm all the people that aren't going to take it. That's it. Keep, keep jiu-jitsu clean. I've also got stories like where your libido will be through the roof on trend and like might go into the van and masturbate like. No, Leo's, Leo's keen for your wanking stories. So yeah, there you go, Leo. You've, you've heard of, you didn't hear about his first or his last, but you've heard about one of his. That was one of them. One of them. There you go, a memorable one. But uh, no, I, as I say, look, I'll definitely, and I don't care, I'll definitely be delving back into testosterone at some stage. At the moment, I don't feel I need it. But um, if you see my wake up about four kilos, you'll know why. And yeah. ask me, I'll tell you. You got a problem with it? I don't know. Stop winning some, some gold medals, didn't yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, I competed in the ADCC naturally, and I won. So I mean, I, I, I should. I think I should go the, back. The and ADCC co- Open Bulgaria, just to be clear, guys. Yeah, um, and we'll, my, we'll do a story on that another time. Yeah, we'll do that on one of our travel travel training stories. Um, that, the second part of Dan's question was about leg locks, and I think it was effectively along the lines of um, without scrolling back down. To, to the questions um, this is better for you anyway, because along, along the lines of when should you start learning leg locks um, because he feels you know I think he's, he was Northern Irish and he said a lot of the gyms were around that way are a little bit behind on that game uh, maybe like kind of like the UK he actually asked whether we felt the UK was the same and I mean like I think the recent show in ADCC um, was very clear that you know England has some really the highest level leg lockers in the world now um, I think the leg well, lock, statement. Yeah, I think the leg lock game. Um, although he did end up losing to, um, I forget the, forget the fellow's name. Just having having a mind blank for. I'll be no help here for obvious reasons. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, it, it, I think there's, there's clear evidence that UK has got a good leg lock scene. And but where where is when should you start learning them? I think it's a case of like really as soon as possible for me like even if you're not going to make it a big part it's the same as any part of jiu-jitsu it'd be like saying when i don't want to use the cliche phrase that dean lister said to, to danaher but like why would you ignore half of the 50 percent of the human, human body? body like um in the sense that like why would you ignore something especially if you train a lot of nogi why mm. would you ignore something that's going to become I think a, nogi especially i think i could see yeah, like if it's something that's eventually going to be a big part of the game, you don't want to just begin learning that. Like, mm. imagine if you just ridiculously didn't learn any like back control for until you decided to be a purple belt. Like, it's like what? Yeah, why, it's like, why, why, like, why would you do that? Even if you, you know, even if you compete and you can't use that, like, you know, if if you are training like heel hooks and mm. all the all the leg entanglement stuff, you you can't use that as part of. Um, your game isn't full without it. In a competition, like when you're a, a white, blue, purple brown depending under what rules you're competing but still having it as part you know learning it so you know what to look out for and what to defend when you do get to that level is good i i heard a ridiculous analogy somewhere again i'm full of them today i think i think i stole this off of someone or i might have just dreamt this up myself but it's like imagine if like you're learning to be a chef right and there's a certain spice that you can't use like a chili a chili and they're like no that's too hot you can't use that until you've You've I think it's more. I think it'll be more like salt and pepper because yeah. it's, it's needed you've, that you've much. You've done two. You've done two. You, you, this because when people say like you know heel hooks are dangerous, you know because you can. Like, that's why we always train catch and release because yeah. you, you don't want to blow anyone's knee up. Especially most of us are hobbyists. We've got to go to work on a Monday. Yourself, you're not going to be. No, no. 
heel hooks and wrist locks, two things I fucking really hate. Despise. I am. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of training, but like I say, in a safe environment. But to go back to the terrible analogy, rather than rather than discuss the real facts, I'll use analogies instead. Yeah, it's fine. Um, like if you were told, oh, you can't you can't use the chili until you're two years into chefing or three years into chefing. You're never going to know what quantities to use. Like me, I live in Mexico. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just have to join you up there, isn't it? Yeah, just got a good giggle out of me there. Um, but yeah, it's the same. It's like, look, you need to. I think you need to learn them as soon as possible, to be honest, and um, you know, make it part of your game. If, if your gym doesn't train that well, then that, that's different. You might be limited by by your environment, but. Um, Although I'm not a big fan of learning, I think you need to learn jiu-jitsu in person. If you've got some good training partners, there's loads of brilliant instructionals and free stuff from top leg lockers on YouTube that you can just, you know, get your phone out, go to an open mat and just, just drill stuff. And, uh, you know, if it... I always ask questions as well, because higher belts are... Well, I don't know if it goes for every gym, but higher belts in our gym are always willing to give time and help out like because human beings mate they like to show how much they know yeah you know it's like if you know yeah people like to show off a little bit mm-hmm. so uh, yeah if you know someone that, that has a bit of a game around that ask them uh, would be my question uh, sorry my answer but uh, yeah definitely don't hold off I don't think there's like there needs to be an entry level um, just maybe maybe like always like Ken was saying about catch and release just always catch and release with heel hooks like don't ever put a heel hook on or an, Especially if you're in one as well, be careful how you roll. You're better yeah. off to look and tap until you become aware of what way to roll. That's probably a good point. That's probably why maybe our gym doesn't really let I think it's let you train nogi until you're a two strike white belt. So it's just knowing how to move safely. But I mean, like the fact you you found us, even though ne- I don't think neither me nor Mike know this fella, do we? It's Not. just someone that came through on on the socials and on the chat. So appreciate it. Big up Dan. Like the fact you found us, you know, organically, for want of a better saying. Um, means you probably do jiu-jitsu to be honest I, I, otherwise I, I'm lost as to how you got here yeah. um, and you also mentioned the oil check thing so <laughs> if you don't grapple and you're, you're talking about giving giving Leo an oil check and uh, you found us organically then mate you're a you're a stranger being than both of us but you're welcome you're and, welcome uh, here it's the safe space yeah your presence in the in the chat yeah so your comments in the chat are, are much appreciated the next uh, next questions that I wanted to go through if we if we've got time uh, Loads of time. Yeah. Sweet. If you've got time, I've got time. Uh, Tim and Devon's question. I've actually, I've rolled these together because I, for me, the answers are going to be really, really similar. Um, but Tim effectively was talking about plateaus. Uh, not effectively. That's what he was talking about. He was saying uh, that obviously with weights and cardio, things that he's experienced in. If you're if you're like you know struggling with improvements, it's, it's small. Sorry, it's small in- increments of improvements, which is pretty simple. Sorry, I'm trying to read from my notes whilst uh, no, it's okay. whilst talk. So um, yeah, stumbling on words a bit. But yeah, he says like eat, sleep, stretch, add a little bit more weight or distance each session, and and that's how you you know you just power through plateaus by doing you know the, doing the right stuff again and again and again. You can take juice. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Who came in here? <laughs> that's Mike's answer. No, I, um, I haven't. I say I'm clean. But so he, yeah, sure. If, if anyone, I, if any, I, I tell you, if anyone believes that, no, you, you just have, said you wouldn't. No, I said I would. Okay, all right. Well, we'll have a. I'll, there'll be a something I'll ask you at least once a month now, mate. So I know when to stop rolling with her. I don't want you to break me. Um, but yeah, he said plateaus in jiu-jitsu. Is there any? You know, there's so many different techniques and training partners that it, it's, you know, it's tough to know how to come through plateaus. And Devon's question was about returning from an injury. Devon specifically as a as a wrist, wrist injury, injury at the yeah. moment which is going to really aff- well affect gripping. So, you know, my answer for the two of these is, is very similar. Um, 
I think Devon specifically, obviously, you're going to have to avoid, you know, gripping with that hand. Like I said, you train mostly no gear and use, you know, use underhooks where you can to not have to grip with the hand. Um, but you know, if it wasn't specifically a wrist injury, the overarching advice for me, uh, for the two of you, would be, you know, find things like find games within the game, you know, that are that are fun. You know, firstly, things you enjoy. Um, don't worry too much about winning. So, really, though, that would be. I haven't really made my my point very clearly, but in, in the three things really would be, so like games within the game. Like I pop my rib. And I couldn't do any, you know, couldn't really do any, I couldn't be on bottom at all. So, you know, you'd find someone and you'd be like, look, do you want to just do open passing? Specific, do specifics there and, exactly. and drilling for certain techniques that will take the pressure away from that, wherever you're injured yeah. or, or even, as you say, getting better. Start start with just drilling a, drilling a position and like, like I say, and then once you've got on from that, find games within the game like obviously you're not going to be doing grip fighting stuff but you might just be doing like at SBG we used to do a warm up where we'd do guard passing with no hands so mm. you know the person playing guard would only be able to use their legs and the person passing wouldn't be able to use any hands That's on cool, the hands yeah. and like little things like that you know like I say create create small micro games which allow you to drill something but are also fun and you feel like you're moving and you feel like you know you're exploring a little bit of jiu-jitsu um, not rushing I think the plateau and injury like Injury, big thing. We actually text her back straight away, like on in the chat, like I said, do not do not roll straight away. If yeah. You're feeling if you do not roll, come in for the technique, do the technique, and then like then you could do what you're saying, go into drilling maybe or something yeah. like that. But like don't go back because that's I've done it, you've done it. We've both gone back too early. I used to be, I used as I say talking about last podcast, um, me not tapping enough. Got both my elbows have been fucked at some point. Had my foot fucked at one point. And like went straight back in, got arm bar because it's your weaker side. People well, you'll find either arm on me, but <laughs> people will find your weakness because you're not going to be inclined to use that side much. I feel, and then it just comes open again. Yeah. And then fighting, you don't want it to happen again because mentally you're like, I'm not letting this happen again. And then next thing, your arm's getting stretched out, and it's already injured. You're putting that much pressure on to try and fight it, and you're tapping too late, and you're just after fucking it more. I think. Yes. Yeah. Something about like injuries, maybe, but. I mean, I think no, I think that's I think that's fair, and I'd say like for me with with plateaus, it's like although you don't have to do specific sparring around an injury, I mean find find a game like drill things that you know things that you're struggling with, positions where you keep getting beat, you know, focus on those, find someone to drill those with, um, and both of you, like I say, I keep saying find things that are fun, but I mean like especially if you're struggling with plateaus. Like I always do this for a couple of weeks after a competition. I don't work on anything specific and I just go to jiu-jitsu to have fun. Okay. And, I, you know, so to find techniques, you know, that interest you and just play around with them, even if you're you're getting beat. And uh, don't worry about winning. It's a big one for both of you, you know. Don't go to training and think, oh, I've got to, I've got to beat these training partners or I tap this many times. You know, the, the training part, I keep saying this, I've said it since episode one, the whole point we keep doing this is, is it's meant to be fun, you know. It's a it's it's a challenging but fun hobby. So go there with the intention of having of having fun, and you know exploring new things within jiu-jitsu. We're not really keeping score, um, but a prerequisite for all of this for both of you is good training partners. I, I, to be honest, like on plateaus, I feel like I'm on a bit of a plateau um, at the minute, and I always like say I've possibly sent it multiple times. But I think jiu-jitsu is like a roller coaster, and I think you might like you you say I'm doing fairly well at the minute, but I'm like I'm fucking shit. But we're all living. I'm, like, also, all, I'm also not got a good suitable vantage point to judge your. 
yeah. the caliber either. But uh, I, I think it's highs and lows, and I think I always say it's like a roller coaster. You know, sometimes you're at the bottom and you're climbing up, you're feeling great. You get to the top, you feel great, and then instantly you get dropped back down. And I think that's when you're you're kind of at your plateau, and then you're coming up, you're feeling great, and then you're coming down. But uh, I, Roche and Ben, John uh, Oaten, Matt, after everything, they always do the last fifteen minutes. They do drills, and they're two good hard rolls, and. Uh, my passing, at the time I started getting better at passing with you, it was when I started doing drills that time. And I haven't seen you around the gym, lads. probably my fault now, maybe, I don't know, but like, please get back in so we can start picking that up because that bit of drilling, I, I reckon... I see Ben at some of the mornings. Yeah, oh, is it? Yeah, because yeah. like that bit of drilling actually is improving my game and probably when you get there, you just want to, like, I just want to spare. Um, yeah. But like, that's not going to improve my game, I know that. But it's the same thing with knowing... Shouldn't take these steroids. Shouldn't take, drink this thing. Blah 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 blah. But that's what you're saying about the drilling. You've got two good training partners there that you know are happy to drill safely and, yeah. and productively. And I think you know both of you guys like you know be selective in your training partners. More so you, Dev, with an injury. Like you know you need to be really careful on that. Especially, like you don't, especially at white, with yeah, all the white You don't want to just go into like the open position or stuff. You know, be, be willing to say no to certain roles in a certain certain rounds because I know that the white belt rounds don't often end with full rolling but the positional stuff can still you know I see them see how it goes sometimes and it looks mm. looks rough out there looks it was it's actually I'm glad I'm at this side I'm actually sometimes I look and I go oh my god I don't want to get thrown in there it's like getting thrown to the wolves <laughs> it's like I'm gonna to have to fight my way out of this one but um we don't we one more question have we to finish off before yeah. we set up maybe what's what's ahead yeah cool so we um it was from Mouse. Who I actually thought his nickname was Mouse because he, like our coach nickname is Fella Mouse. I thought it was because he was a, a small and um, kind of mousy head, but it's actually because he looks like the character Mouse from the first Matrix film. And, uh, That's a great callback. It's, well. it's a fantastic callback out of nowhere, and it's also a fantastic likeness. So, and yeah. how, why is he carrying those glasses around? He must get it a lot. Like he actually had the glasses on hand the day he told us and sent us a, a picture into the chat. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Brilliant, mouse. Um, <laughs> brilliant banter. So he he asked about insurance. Um, so let me find the question. Uh, so. He's going to America, isn't question, he? A question to Malover. He's got a work, work conference in North America and maybe maybe he'll fit in a class, is what he was thinking. He goes to look up travel insurance, which covers martial arts. And I've uh, got a contact martial arts. You can do Tai Chi on your normal insurance, I think. But contact yeah, martial arts, and it's uh, like 150 quid for a one-week trip, which is actually cheaper than I thought it would be. And I'll tell you some stories about, about that in a minute. Um, it, and then he thinks it'd be fine going somewhere in, in Europe, but he's not fond of risking the, the, the large medical deal bills that America's renowned for best country in the world apparently but you can go bankrupt over a broken leg um, what, what do um, a quarter and he's also looked up and um, seen around a quarter of Americans train without uh, relevant medical insurance are they mental what do we reckon about it um, yeah thanks for the love Dan as well he gave some compliments at the end there um, so yeah thanks, pre- appreciate you Dan um, always a good training partner always a fun chat as well so one thing I'd say about insurance is um Get fucked. <laughs> You're took, giving them constant money. Took the words right out of my mouth. I, I never get insurance unless it's, and this people may think we're foolish, and to be honest, if they've listened to anything more of the previous podcast, they'll know we're foolish. Uh, this so one's good enough for me, I'd say. Shouldn't, shouldn't, be, shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't be a surprise at this stage. So, yeah, I never get insurance unless it's a legal requirement. Like, for example, you know, you have to have home insurance as a requirement of the mortgage. Adulting. Yeah, and uh, car insurance in the UK. But if you if you speak to the North Wales police, they might tell you that I don't always even get that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's look, 
it's worst case scenario something's going to happen to you and if you're only there for a week you'll be back in the UK where you get free medical help so I mean it'd want to be worst case if if you feel comfortable fair enough if you've got the cash lying around but what would 150 pound in dollars get you would it get you you know treat yourself like you're on holiday as yeah, well it, if, could if, be, if, it could be a couple of hundred bucks so in, mm. I don't know probably get you, get you a night out in America so I when I was in my um, late teens I did bull run in Spain in Pamplona Fuck you know where they run, yeah, in the, yeah, run in the streets yeah. with the bulls so I did that and uh my, I think it must have. I must have been eighteen, eighteen or nineteen. It was. Um, it was. I between. It was. Yeah. It was just after I'd moved back from Prague. So um, I must have been nineteen years old. And me and a me and a mate from Bristol went and we we got a bus from from London with a load of Aussies. It was actually on the tour, and we got well, got this bus all the way to Spain. And then you spent a week in Spain at the the festival around the bull run okay. oh, and on one of the day you have the option to run with the bulls three days we only did it one day because we were out yeah. on, okay so you're, we, right. you're all right then yeah. we were out on the sesh <laughs> but i think it was uh, it was my mum or or maybe my auntie at the time was like before you go she was like i really want you to get travel insurance so i went to nat western bank on with at the time and was like asking about their travel insurance and mm. when i said what i wanted to cover for i was like yeah i'm gonna go to spain and run with the bulls they literally laughed me out of the office. They were like, "There is no insurance policy that for, is going to co- that is going to cover you for this." Yeah. Um, and after looking into it a bit, because I, I did did some like, research after that, looking at companies that do it, like even the extreme sports insurance that's specifically for that stuff, a huge percentage of the time, because of the clauses and stuff, they don't pay out. So you know, for me. Um, and again, I'm going to switch from something that's humorous into a kind of semi-serious answer. It's all it's all about your personal risk tolerance, you know. Actually, uh, Daniel Kahneman in Thinking Fast and Slow has a, has a really uh, good section on this, which he talks about um, the, the the fourfold pattern and the possibility effect. Um, so, like low low probability of large losses makes us like really risk adverse. Yeah. And like the flip side of that is like playing the lottery. So, you know, a low probability of a huge earning makes us, yeah. you know. So, Dan, really, I'm saying if, if you played a lottery, you should probably get insurance. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, then, you know, you probably don't. But, and, um, and I'd say, have you ever won the lottery, Dan? And if you have, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, if you have, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but, yeah. He, uh, I, I never got insurance. Any, well, I had like basic travel insurance, but trust me, if something had happened in, um, if you're, if you're from the EU, um, in Ireland, sorry, to cut across you, but um, no, no. You, you, you actually, you get because EU countries will cover EU countries. Yeah. So I know, like you're out of the EU now, but like before, you just used to be able to get a card. You can apply for it. It's like European travel card or European medical card. Yeah, the EH one C or whatever. So, it yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 that's but, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never got proper insurance while I was travelling in Brazil or South America but trust me mate if my arm got broken in an arm bar I'd have conveniently tripped down the stairs at the hostel later that afternoon and uh, <laughs> that's that's what would have been on the forms when I went to the went to the doctors so there you go Danny well there's, take that for if so if something happens just throw yourself off the side of the corridor and, yeah. and if you end up getting arrested for insurance fraud please don't point them in my direction that was a <laughs> It was a joke. joke. Yeah, yeah. Everything we say is a joke. Everything we say is a joke. On that note, Mike, what's next? Um, big podcast planned. Number ten. We we said we'd go off with a bang. Friend, friend of the, friend of both me and you. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Friend, friend of, friend of our jiu-jitsu. Yeah, training partner. Yeah. You know, uh, 
Do you want to do you want to do you want to break it? I thought you were going to go. Well, right, I, you know, I talk too much, and I think Zach, Zach Smart, Zach Smart, also the uh, kind of owner, owner is that the word? CEO, founder, the the curator, whatever whatever title you want to give him of uh, of Drillers and Killers yeah. on on Instagram. So we'll give him a tag in the in the comments of this one. Uh, Hyperfly sponsor as well. Yeah, Hyperfly brand ambassador. Um, really good on the on the old drills videos. Like he does it on his own page, and he also shares them across loads of other pages. He's built a built a big social media big following thing. himself. So we'll talk about kind big of upset, yeah. that. He travels and trains a lot now. So he was out in Thailand, and he's uh, you know I think where was he recently? It's out somewhere else recently. Italy or somewhere was it? He's all over the place. You know, yeah. he's an international man of mystery these days. I'm amazed he's not forgotten about us. And yeah. you know, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet as well. By the way, I hope people. That don't know him um, enjoy the podcast. Oh, we'll be, well, hopefully, mate. We'll we'll give a good interview, and uh, he'll uh, it will bring out the best side of him. But yeah, you want questions, and um, you want to leave questions, or you got any and anything for us to or for Zach about social media or jujitsu around the world? Uh, where can people reach us, mate? Uh, DJ and BJJ and DJ and BJJ Pod on all socials. Um, obviously, like, follow, share, subscribe. There's a QA section on the Spotify. There's also a voice note you can drop on Spotify. Um, there's a link, a link in my bio on Instagram. All our links are there, um, and the WhatsApp link is there if anyone wants to get involved in the WhatsApp chat. And obviously, DJ and BJJ Pod at gmail.com for any Hyperfly or Magnus. I'm still waiting for that sponsorship. Any any sponsorship offers? Honestly, we're really cheap. You can literally just give us a free drink, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll shout you out. Honestly, we do it for free. People don't even give us stuff, and we shout yeah. them out. So, appreciate you all tuning in. Much love, guys. Cheers, guys. And as always, play it to your nan.